Welcome, everybody, back to the second episode of Character Introductions here in Campaign 2 of Stranger Damies. Um, last week, uh, we uh, met uh, Dan's character, um, and this week, um, we have Anthony here. Um, I thought it was most appropriate, and um, I think the audience can agree that the uh, thought to start these off with the guys, the two guys are the most talkative of the party. <laughs> sure. See how these at first um, and give everybody else a good uh, reference point going forward on how these should go. So mm -hmm. now um, I'm going to be super silent for the rest of the yeah, episode. Yeah, it's going to be a five minute podcast. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So uh, Berigon Bobinski um, was announced last week. And um, before we get started, just like I did with Dan um, and I know you've you're in another campaign as well. That's not with us. Mm -hmm. Um so this question maybe not pertain to you as much as it did to Dan, but I would still like your thoughts. Um, what changed from when you created your character, uh, Pizza Tacos, to when you started creating uh, your character for this campaign? Oh, good question. Um, first of all, I do have a bone to pick with you. Um, yeah. It's some, something that's been digging at me since the last episode of Campaign 1. Uh, that don't be diplomatic. Um, because in the last episode, there was an offhanded comment about the Yeti tribe being completely decimated by those two devils. Yeah. And greedy. Yes. Um, because I did not engage them in combat, <laughs> even though I gave the Yetis full warning that they were coming and they still got decimated. So, well, it's not so much fuck me, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck you. Um, uh, it was not so much. Well, you guys didn't go investigate. Um, we're probably not going to go all the way back to that location ever again if we ever revisit um, campaign one, but just to put a nice bow on it, um, essentially what the Efridi do is they uh, bring people into slavery, so they may not be all dead, but. Um, there's still devils. You guys, trust me, you, I'll, I'll, I'll be completely honest. You guys made the right decision not fighting them. <laughs> the mistake you made was whoever pointed them in the right direction <laughs> was the mistake. <laughs> not so All much the not fighting them. Just, just got to be murder hobos, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, and I'm not being diplomatic about it because you're on here. But that's <laughs> essentially, you know, they were just going to follow your directions, so that was the error in terms of getting the bad ending for that. Um, the fighting would have been a bad ending for you. There you go. <laughs> those guys are really, really strong. <laughs> and you That's probably would have ran away anyway. So. That's what's changed. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, so what has changed? Even if you want to bring in your experience of making your character for your other campaign, like right. what has the process been differently um, since you know, 2017 or whenever we did the the first mm -hmm. campaign. Sure. Uh, I, I don't know about much. Um, so full disclosure in my, le in the campaign that I'm running, that's not part of any podcast or anything like that. I'm playing a, a barbarian. So I'm playing that kind of melee attacker, uh, which was originally, it was always supposed to be, it was going to be my, my character for this session uh, for this, or if I had, if pizza taco was ever died, it was going to be the character that I picked to replace him. So now that Pizza Tacos has uh, retired and gone um, raising children, um, 
I wanted to kind of go back and do another charisma-based character because now I'm running two characters. I don't want to do two tanks or two melee-specific uh, yeah. characters. So what was originally going to be, oh, I'm going to switch it up and be uh, tanky and wound up just being, I'm going to be another charisma-based character. Um, but uh, he's different in in certain ways from Pizza Tacos. Yeah, so um, we will... Um... Quickly, um, I think I might flip it up a little bit or change it up a little bit from what I did with Dan um, because I got so excited wanting to talk about his stats and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> I think it's more important. Um, let introduce your character. Just do the brief introduction, introduction and looks. We'll get into the backstory in the second half. Okay. Yeah, sure. Great so class, stuff like that. So my character's name is Barris Doramonte. Um, he is a tiefling and a noble. So he's a spoiled rich kid. I think he's about he's about 17 or 18. Um, and his look is because he's all about looks because he's very stylish, wears the best clothes, walks around with a fancy walking stick. He's got red skin, no tail. He's technically half tiefling, but we'll not get into that. Um, <laughs> and he's got he's got heterochromia. So he's got two different color eyes. One is more demon ish or tiefling looking the other one is more human looking um yeah. and anything else i should talk about uh class he's he's fighter so he's gonna be so he's fighter in the sense that he's classically trained so like someone that's uh trained in fencing more than he is like a wielding swords expertly he's more like i've won some fencing championships and that's about <laughs> it that's about it when it comes to what he's faced in terms of a fight yeah yeah uh with dan's character being an artificer i went to go through all his stats and see if we could keep the audience guessing because mm -hmm. of how much his character felt like three different classes okay through that which is exactly what the artificer is sure um it, it can be both you know fighter tank sort of and magic user um, so uh, I thought being a straight fighter like you are, you know, it's easy to uh, to just get that out in the open. No needing for a guessing game. Mm -hmm. So yeah. we'll step. Yeah. Yeah. We'll step to uh, the uh, stats. Uh, what's your what's your stat line? Your your big right. numbers, not the modifiers. I have a 10 in strength. So a little bit better than pizza tacos, but still kind of borderline uh, dexterity. I have a 16. I have a constitution of a 13, intelligence of 13, wisdom 15, and a charisma of 16. So I rolled pretty well. Um, so he's dexterous because fencing, you know, seems like that's the stat you want for that. Charisma, because he is he's basically this world's version of a trust fund baby or a boarding school kid. So he's going to be pretty good of talking to the higher ups. Um so that's why he's got that charisma of a 16. Um, I guess he, like I said, he's very stylish. I, so when I was creating this character, I was thinking like he'd dress like something like Prince slash David Bowie slash some of those characters in that show Bridgerton, which had yeah. excellent clothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So I like um, uh, looking at the, at your stats there because getting two 16s, um, you know, uh, pretty impressive. Uh, but 
knowing what you're going for in terms of weapons, um, mm -hmm. it shows improvement. Um, and I mentioned this, uh, and I'll probably mention to everybody's character episodes, but just getting the idea down of which stat helps with what, um, yeah. is something that definitely improved, um, from looking over all your, your character sheets. Um, so, uh, if you just want to run down your hit points, armor class, and then if you just want to talk about your weapons and why you chose them. Sure. Uh, hit points, he's got 25. So, okay. Probably about middle of the pack. Um, if not less, I don't even know. I don't remember what 20, <laughs> what level three should be. Um, armor class of 14, a little low. Um, and he has a dagger, a quarter staff, uh, plus one rapier, and a short bow. Because we, you allowed us to have um, a couple of magic items to start off with, yep. and that that was one of them. Um, okay. I have another magic item of a ring of mind shielding, which seems kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty interesting piece of equipment um, because you can. Um, you can use it in multiple ways. You can do it to be either um, to stay in hiding sort of way, um, you know, um, sort of thing where you, um, you know, people can't read your thoughts and things like that. You know, it's really hard to tell if you're lying. So you can go into like witness protection, false identities and mm -hmm. pretty much get away with it. Or on the reverse, you can get into and find people you're looking for, you being able to have the same safeguards in place. So I like it in the sense that I was trying to figure fit it into the last campaign um, in a way, but I couldn't really figure out when to introduce it. But it's a good um, multi-use uh, ring. And I'm glad you guys have, have started to branch out a little bit in terms of that stuff and get a, get a little little interesting with it um yeah i think yeah i was go gonna say um i just it seems like it's, it'll be good for diplomacy because uh this is a character that he's going to try as much as he can he's going to try and throw around his name to get what they need and what they want because he is as i said a trust fund kid so you know he's sort of a don't you know who my dad is sort of guy <laughs> yeah 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 so um, just to let you know, and you, we can settle this later, um, and people that know the ring will know what I'm going to have Ant uh, think about, if he hasn't already, off air, we won't mention the podcast, keep some spoilers, but in, in the description, that third paragraph is something to think about, um, in terms of wearing this ring, so if sure. you want to come up with a in-game, you don't have to tell me, you can, when it happens, if it happens, um, what occurs or mm -hmm. if you even wanted to have um you know something already backstory involved with it but that that's up okay. to you there but that third paragraph is the most important uh, most intriguing thing about the whole weapon mm -hmm. but a good spoiler so that when it happens it's dramatic um yeah so um yeah what what i enjoy about um the the uh the idea of um, having a half tiefling is we had a lot of them, not half tieflings, but a lot of full tieflings near the end of campaign one. Mm -hmm. um, Jonathan's character came in. Um, you got a little bit more into Teddy and a lot of people you interacted with in the Hells um, were that. But um, what was the idea? Um, 
behind, uh, and I guess this can lead into the backstory as, as we're getting to about the halfway point, um, of, of going, you know, half human, half tiefling, and not just full one way or the other. Um, it's kind of, there is kind of a mystery to it and stuff that I don't want to reveal, yeah. but, um, cause he does have, while he does, he grew up in royalty, there is part of his backstory that is even a little bit of a mystery to him because he's adopted. Like he grew up, the Dormantes are not his blood, blood family. Um, yeah. but they, they treated him as a, as their own, as a son. Cause they, uh, I have to. I can't remember off the top of my head what the backstory, my backstory says about when he was adopted by them, but um, I think it was very young. So they treated him as a as a son, and uh, so that half that half tiefling, half human thing kind of adds to that mystery just a little bit. Yeah, and given um, you know the. The way the world is set up... Sorry, I'm trying to pull up the map here while talking. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... The way the world is set up, there's... There's... As you listen to the world introduction, there's a lot of surface-level understanding of the areas. But, um... Underneath, um... Or as you get into with any kind of empire or dynasty, um... It's not one hive mind in there. Mm -hmm. Um... You know, so the... The idea of, of and if you want to go a little deep into it, but the backstory of um, your royalty isn't like top level empire royalty, um, but sort of like in time, feudal times and stuff like that, when there would be lords and people that held over different lands. Um, did did anything um, uh, draw you to the idea or did you have come up with this before I even uh, introduced what the sort of world setup was to you guys like did one catch the other or did 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 it enhance once you found out about the world um i i think we i molded it into what you were thinking uh I, it was always like an idea like he was from upper class um and it was just a it was just a matter of figuring out or you telling me what the kind of class system or what the yeah. you know the governing system was because I, I always kind of pictured it like like his dad was well off, but like state senator sort of thing, not not like president of the United States or whatever, you know, whatever the yeah. um, the uh, natural progression of things that, for this world was. But yeah, so he he came from basically someone that had a mansion with uh, lots of property, basically. So so I kept it surface level on that aspect, and then I was just able to mold it into whatever your um, world wound up being. And it's, but his name also kind of fits into your world because uh, the Twilight Seeker Dynasty has, like, French names. Yes. Which was was completely by accident. Dormante does not mean anything in French. It's not a French word, but it sounds it. It's got that yeah. music, that French music to it. Um. So, so that was just kismet. That just worked out perfectly. Yeah, yeah and the, uh, really, I I like the idea. I think where I came from, which another one of those serendipitous stuff as I was talking about with Dan that occurred between making this and which is making my uh, framing of the story for you guys a lot easier than last time is that you, besides your experience, you all seem to sort of hit uh, things that I could work with um, because you um, 
you know, having that last name immediately, I pointed you towards Twilight Seeker Dynasty as to know that's where you would be. Um, and yeah, really, it, it, you guys have seen the map if, you, if you've been on the main Damies website. But really, the only one that has any kind of just outside of being, like you said, had that that French musicality to it. Um, the only one that has any real meaning is, you know, the capital being Ville Luminaire. It's mm-hmm. sort of the, you know, the Village of Light um, sort of thing. Um, but, you know, uh, when um, when you got, I had a question you could probably answer more than anyone else I asked this. Um, when you guys did the group thing um, to sort of make sure you didn't have clashing characters and, you know, figured all that out. Um, was there was there a sense of trying to make you guys all come from sort of the same area or like just just talk about that discussion, um, you know, mm. in terms of because uh, we'll reveal it now because we teased it in Dan's. Um, you and Dan's characters are connected um, in the story. Right. Um, yes. So, so, uh, so we knew for uh, for a while that Dan's character and my character were going to be connected, um, and that was just, you know, I, I think I had mentioned to him, uh, if like just throwing it out there, out there that if he was thinking of making like a tanky character, I have, I have a character that you know I had envisioned to have a tanky character by his side, sort of a. Um, a protector of sorts. So we kind of workshopped it and we molded our stories together. And, you know, I had an idea of where um, this was going to be. It just kind of like pictured in my head. And when, when you sent out the, the map, it kind of fit right in. So in terms of us, it wasn't too much of like, you know, Oh, well, what if we were from here and blah, blah, blah. But uh, once everybody else came in, they, kind of worked it out to kind of keep everything and I think we more or less spent but figured it out how to get it within one specific let's say quadrant of the uh, the continent um, so we were able to you know you know Jen uh, I don't want to spoil anything for her or anyone else episode, but like water was an in- important part we had to kind of have a reason why uh, we would be close to lakes or rivers or something like that um but yeah uh it wasn't too much i think a lot of the a lot of the discussion was trying to figure out um classes because i think i think like three of us were planning to be fighters and uh you know uh i think we molded it i think dan went one other way but um uh, but also Jonathan was like, well, you could, there's so much, there's so much different things you could do as a fighter. You don't have to just be all the same. Um, yeah. And I think we figured out how to, uh, keep things different while, you know, getting everybody getting what they had in, originally envisioned. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in the process of, cause I know I slowly, um, uh, uh, let you in on everything going on first it was the map then i sent you basically the backstory um of everything um at at um what point um i'm trying to think at, at what point did um sort of uh because uh, being vague here because i keep forgetting well yeah we can be vague i was going to say if this is after the stream people would already know but um um 
coming up with the idea of um, sort of uh, I I had this and I, I apologize for rambling, but I'm trying to get this correct in wording. I'm saying um, I, I gave you guys a goal um, of you need to have uh, like character arcs, like come up with it on your own, sort of, you know, what your character's doing. Um, was there a point where was it pre-made? Like you knew what this guy would sort of your your arc was going to be or did did Dan coming in or even looking at the map or seeing some backstory? Did you sort of get to your um, character arc? Thing? I think the, the character arc really came first with, with everything else. Once I figure out I wanted to be a tiefling, the character arc kind of came... I guess character arc came second to by the fact that I want to be a tiefling or kind of really around the same time. Um, but, like, certain details of where I was coming from was molded by Dan's character and Dan's relation... Dan's character's relationship to my character. Um... So we're from we have a relationship coming from uh, from the get go from the beginning of where we're going to pick it up. But um, even previous to that, my arc has started before we have a relationship. Um, and I don't I don't like I'm obviously I'm dancing around what my character's arc is and what his back and where he's coming from. Yeah. So it's a little hard to say more than that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was just more curious in terms of, because I, I try to do these episodes, and as much as um, I ramble and stuff like that with my questions, is I'm trying to get to the right point of for somebody that maybe um, is finding this episode randomly that hasn't created characters before or hasn't done that part, just kind of trying to have you guys sort of explain like the points of the process mm-hmm. where stories come up, and was it did you go on D and D Beyond and just go through stats of a fighter and all that, and then back build from there? Or did you have the story? Um, and it from you and Dan, both you guys had the story first, then built the character. Yeah. Um, in, in I would that say, direction. yeah, even so, uh, cause he wasn't originally supposed to be a fighter. He was going to be a different class. Um, but it made more sense for him to be a fighter at the beginning of the story. Uh, definitely. So, um, to spoil a little bit, like for what my character arc not even what my character arc is, but where he's starting off. Um, I know this is before um, we even get into anything, but it's it's going to be evident from episode one. I kind of wanted to explore a character that basically loses everything when we first meet them. Because um, this is going to be his first time in the bigger world. Uh, like I said, he's going to be a boarding school kid. He's going to be literally coming from boarding school. Uh, or whatever the this world's version of boarding school, which you know, why can't boarding school be in this in this yeah. universe? <laughs> rich I mean, kids got rich rich people got to send their kids somewhere. <laughs> it's technically fan, fantasy France I created, so yeah. Um, <laughs> so that there was the idea that he would, like I said, he would use his name and probably eventually realize that the the longer and longer it goes the more and more that name means nothing and how he would have to grow and become a different character a different person than he was at the beginning of the story yeah yeah so um yeah we're uh, getting near the end here this is where um as i laid it off to to dan at the end um is there um any other piece of the character creating process or the backstory um, that you wanted to reveal, maybe tease, 
um, uh, before we, uh, you know, call it an episode here. Yeah, I guess I am going to try and do a voice. Um, so one of the other, it's one of the most random things ever, but, um, one of the other inspirations for this character is a character from King of the Hill. And it's a character, uh, that lives in New Orleans by the name of Jill Bear. Um, he's very, he's a bit of a dandy and he's got a, a slight, a drawl, a, a Southern Cajun Creole accent. I'm going to try and do something like that. I'm not going to do it here because uh, I'm on the spot, more or less. But And it's better to have that drop when your yeah. characters first meet. Yeah, it's the the music. So, again, with musicality of the last name, Dormante is uh, the that that accent. It sounds ooh, it sounds good. Um, and if you if you've heard our the first one shot we ever did, the Halloween one, I essentially am doing what I did in that one all the way back so there was a question of whether or not i would do like a, a british or this and i decided to do this because of that one character from king of the hill <laughs> yeah and um yeah so i guess i guess my final question and uh i hate to um uh make this sound a little bit of um I wish there was someone else interviewing to make this not sound like I'm patting myself on the back by asking you this question <laughs> or or a validate me sort of question. Um, but I, I've been curious um, uh, with you guys because I spent a whole lot of time creating this map, literally drew it on the program and stuff like that, um, and then came up with the concept of what's around there. Um, when you saw the map, was it what was your first thoughts and what was the... Uh, I, I, I've just been want to ask people about the idea of a, a continent surrounded by giants in terms of, of a thought of that process just the just seeing this for the first time coming from you know we had a pre-made thing and being with critical roles exandria mm -hmm. um so uh just uh, first thoughts on the map and just 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 the setup of this my very first thought is that it looks like a human heart um <laughs> of sorts almost um i thought the so I'm going to expand that a little more and just talk yeah. about what uh, why I'm excited about yeah. being in this world is because, as you mentioned, we aren't reliant on someone else's lore. This is something yeah. you have 100% created, which I'm super excited to not have to, you know, well, if you've watched Critical Role, you'll know <laughs> that 30 years ago it was the thing yeah. that happened. And then whoever doesn't watch Critical Role, like Tom doesn't listen to it. Uh, it goes right over his head and I some of the things that went right over my head because I only watched so many um, but that's what I'm excited about um, I think the hill the the giants kind of surrounding it was like really interesting um, I really so um, even the so I really haven't gone into a world that's completely homebrewed so like my hats yeah. off to you, and I'm excited to see what that brings. Because even yeah. my other campaign is um, Tomb of Annihilation, so it's not homebrewed at all. Um, but yeah, I'm fascinated by how these giants are going to play into our stories and our world. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, I wanted to, to I wanted to try and do um, and um, let me know if this came through or not. But it. Uh, I wanted to try and do a world that was not typical in terms of, uh, you know, it's just a land full of elves and humans and other races are, 
you know, just small percentages of the population. Um, my idea, if you listen to the cat, if you listen to the introduction, which if you haven't listened to the world introduction, um, the idea was um, this entire continent was an incontinent of giants, mm -hmm. essentially, or the rumor is that. And the center part was basically purged by the Lord that the continent's named after, Volsak. So right. I want to go in with an idea that um, instead of the giants being like the uh, the uh, uh, like alien, for lack of a better term, to the land or the ones that um, are coming to conquer, it was sort of the reverse mm -hmm. um, and sort of how these giants are dealing with it, where they're just they had their own. Like I explain each giant sort of core thing with one being very antagonistic and you know fighting and one is more covert one is friendly and the others are just basically hippies um <laughs> the hill giants um <laughs> just that idea of um what kind of people would be okay with two human dynasties and independent thing full of humans nearby sure. and just be cool with it man <laughs> um so yeah yeah that that was sort of my plan um and, and i hope that came across is that that, that it's a different land than um uh all these the, the giants aren't necessarily just mindless evil creatures and that's what i want to get across um to this and that's why i made them so specific and even as if you guys read the map you even see that their personalities or i try i'm gonna try not to be very um stereotypical but um they do have their own like sort of nationality culture thing that they're tied to just by the city names Right. Um, that are in the places there um so just the way they look and stuff like that so um i'm excited and um i have one final question for more for anthony than barris um mm -hmm. here um are you upset or happy that you don't have to constantly come up with alter ego nicknames that might be british actors <laughs> uh i'm gonna miss pizza tacos to be honest um maybe he'll come back in a one shot or something yeah uh i the, the one thing the coming up with the songs <laughs> that yeah. was that was the biggest thing um yeah that was i always felt like i was letting everyone down when i didn't come to come to the table with a new one uh <laughs> <laughs> that's about it i'm i'm curious i i've never played uh a tiefling before i've never even played a fighter before so i'm i'm excited i'm excited to to play these new new types of characters and i don't know if i understand this but i'm gonna do it going forward for the next three episodes but uh final question will be um whose character or you or you can be diplomatic and say everyone um, when you learned of everybody's character, which one are you the most intrigued by seeing it play out in game? Um, you don't have I to mean, spoil why, but just yeah, I think of... Jonathan's playing 4D chess, so um, <laughs> I've, I'm going to enjoy seeing that play out. Uh, I think Jen's character is coming from an interesting place that we haven't explored yet in terms of backstories. So, and she always she always knocks it out of the park in terms of backstory so i i always enjoy uh seeing what she comes up with because she because she goes full throttle um so yeah i'm always, always interested to see what she does and and tom I'm, I'm i'm curious to see what how far out of his comfort zone he's gonna go so uh 
Uh, I'd like to see that. Yeah. And I mean, uh, Dan, Dan and I have already talked extensively about our two characters, so I'm not as excited, but that's just because I kind of feel like I know his more. I know here yeah. he's coming from a little bit more than everybody else's. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes sense when you guys listen to the episodes that, you know, and Dan, their characters, you know, are sort of already know each other. So they will be meeting the rest of the crew essentially as you guys meet them like deeply you guys know each other on the surface level um because you're <laughs> level three so we're not doing that from a you know oh you're all ventures answering a call from a tavern or something yeah um, and yeah uh, I, I just want to say uh from a personal perspective uh i'd like i want to see where i could take barris in terms of how different i can make him from pizza tacos because i mean you know one we're all same group that pizza tacos was part of so there is and the charisma basedness kind of makes me worried that i might fall into old habits yeah in terms of you know you know barris all of a sudden starts turning into pizza tacos more or less (laughs) so hopefully the hopefully the accent is enough of a barrier between the two to keep me from doing that but i'm sure there's gonna be times where you know, me and Dan are talking, and it's basically Leo, Craig, and Pizza Tacos Pizza talking Tacos. to each other. I will end it with this. Um, I am excited about people all using voices this time around. You know, unless if Tom decides to just use his regular voice, since he was He's one the of the few that did a only one that did a full a voice throughout the entire uh, show. <laughs> so he he doesn't have to. But I'm I'm curious to see just the interactions and see you guys maybe get a little deeper into the role play since you're doing accents and stuff like that than uh, doing your own voice. But specifically with Barris, the thing I'm most excited about because we didn't get to explore this uh, when our friend John, who played King Roni for the first few episodes, um, was a fighter then. Um, I want to see how you use your superiority dice in battle. Mm-hmm. Um, because those can be some funny moments and those can be some really great dramatic, you know, end of battle moments you know, you you do a repost on a guy and ends up, you know, killing him or whatever the sort of counterattack thing yeah. um, moment. And you just being able to describe that. I've always been curious listening to podcasts where people have superiority dice because there's such a list of things that you get to choose. Um, and, and you can have some fun with it. It's, um, you know, it's why I love Jonathan's last time with his rogue. Rogues have the same thing where they can do a bunch of different things and mm. it just makes it just keeps every battle interesting and makes me sometimes make up a battle and they go oh fuck well that completely <laughs> breaks what my plans were um but that's the fun part on my side so um any final thoughts from you before we close this out and no i'm excited i wish i wish we were doing it now i'm excited to say to start playing i know i'm playing with another group but it's not the same um I'm excited to try and start streaming. I know we've yeah. did some here and there during the first campaign, but then, you know, technology and stuff didn't really benefit us. And I'm just, I'm excited. I want to play. I want to play now. Yeah. Can we play now? <laughs> we both play now. Dan said the same thing at the end. And, <laughs> and I was like, do you want to roll a, a 1v1 thing? Um, but yeah, so... We will be back uh, next week uh, with uh, Jonathan's character, who I am most excited about just because he's doing things that I've never seen. 
done and he picked a race that I've never seen played. So that's where I'm from. And we'll let we'll keep that as in suspense to make you come back next week to find that out. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we'll be back next week. Jonathan's character. Um, and then the final week will be Jen and Dan. Uh, I'm sorry, Jen and Tom together. Um, just because we want to get the first episode out for March 3rd. Um, so uh, combine them instead of stretching it out an extra week. Um, the fun thing about that episode is if I don't record that before we stream, they will have a session under their belts <laughs> before we even record that. Um, <laughs> so it'll be a weird back in time thing. Uh, so the stream, as Ant mentioned, um, will be on twitch.tv slash gamevaultpod. Um, it'll be either... Uh, it's probably going to end up being the 21st of February. Um, uh, I would say sometime early afternoon, you know, late morning, somewhere in there. Um, just stick, just go to at Stranger Damies, our Twitter account. It'll be updated once we finalize it. Um, so you can watch the entire session um, and basically know the whole story. Or if you're someone that really can't sit around for that long and you just want to piece it out in the podcast, we're still going to do that. Um, probably going to be releasing... Um, episodes themselves maybe every other week just so we can maybe get a little more production value on the um, on the podcast end um, and then do something in between um, to keep the people that uh, are binging on the uh, um, on the streams to give them a little extra content um, to, because it will be long stretches between they see gameplay so mm. be on the lookout for that Stranger Names will probably be all updated uh, the week of the 22nd um, once we get that all settled after the first stream is done. So thank you guys for joining me. Thank you, Ant. Um, yep. Looking forward to, to uh, trying to kill Barris for three years. Um, <laughs> so uh, we will be back, like I said, next Wednesday um, with uh, our third character creation. And uh, yeah, is it Wednesday yet? 